0: Bringing you 100% solely Mishana news and community information. This is News Source 1 Mishana. Let your social media friends know. Happy Friday to you. I'm Pastor Joel, and this is Happy and Whole in Him, 5 Minutes with Jesus. In John 16, verses 23 and 24, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. What do we do with this? Jesus pretty much holds out a blank check and says, Ask my Father for anything. Do we take Jesus seriously? I met a fellow this week who took Jesus' promise seriously. He said to me, let's pray to the Father to get us some of that Donald Trump money. When two or three or more are gathered together, that cinches the effectiveness of our prayer. Now, we may chuckle at that because we'd never treat God like our vending machine, but do we fall off the horse the other way and fail to move towards God, who in Jesus is now our Father, and our lives end up not being as joyful as they might be? James 4.2 says we do not have because we do not ask. We need to take seriously the promise of Jesus that God is a Father who wants us to ask. Our Father wants to give us fullness of joy. Do you want fullness of joy? Jesus implies here we are hardwired for happiness. And Jesus tells us to ask no less than six times this night before going to the cross. He tells His disciples to simply ask, and I will give it to you. My Father will give it to you, and only one time does he add a qualifier, abide in me. This tells us there is a God-centered happiness, which is opposed to a self-centered happiness. But Jesus only qualifies it once because he is pushing us to get into the game, to move towards his Father, who in Jesus is now your Father. And he wants to show you his beloved child, his fatherly heart. Well, then the question comes up, why don't we go to our father? Why don't we go to him more? Well, there's a number of reasons. And it may well be that we're living to please a different father. Do you know every person you meet today is living to please their father? Jesus says in John 8, if you don't believe in him and his words, it is because your father is the devil. And Jesus' point is that he is not the father you want to serve. Jesus came that we might know his father who loves you and sent his son to save. So why don't we go to our father? Is it because we're lazy? Is it because we're far too easily pleased and we settle for the lesser joys of this life? Is it because we're far too busy? We can do plenty without God's help. Second reason is that I'm too busy and I, if I do something for God, then it makes me feel better when I do pray. All Christians have a chronic tendency to live with a lawish heart, thinking our good works, our obedience, strengthen the Father's love for us. And it's really silly. Can you imagine a father coming home to see his five-year-old working feverishly around the house and then saying, Dad, I'm trying to earn my place in the family? Out of gratitude for being brought into the family, we now try to prove we're worthy of the honor, which leaves us devastated after we make a big mistake or after a thousand little ones. Or maybe we don't go to the Father because we're angry and ashamed and we don't believe in His love. We've been abandoned, shamed, abused. We've been treated like trash. We look at our life and say, where is the evidence of the Father's love? My friend, the evidence of the Father's love is not your life. It is the life of the Father's Son who is treated like trash and all that at the cross. And He did it for you that you might belong, and that you might have true and lasting joy. I encourage you to get in the game and begin to ask the Father for things just like a little child would. To see that you're actually obeying Jesus and even becoming more like a son when you do. More like Jesus as you discover you've been given the greatest privilege of addressing your holy God and Creator as Father, which should blow our minds every day as one commentator says about addressing God as Father in the Lord's Prayer. We don't yet have the right to say this prayer, but it's part of the holy boldness, the only cheeky celebration of the sheer grace and goodness of the living God that we can actually say these words as though we meant them through and through. It's a bit like a child dressing up up in his grown-up brother's suit and having the cheek to impersonate him for a whole morning and just about getting away with it. And learning to his surprise as he does so what it must be like to be that older brother remember who you are and who you belong to heavenly father what manner of love is this that we should be called your children forgive us for not taking in the gospel of your great heart for us former enemies now made sons grant that jesus words will sink into our hearts that we may believe our great privilege And may we be made like Him, as we put our hope in Him and His precious promises. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Greetings. I'm Pastor Joel. Welcome again to Happy and Whole in Him. As foster parents, my wife and I, we've had many children come live with us, and whether their stay is brief or long, Jamie and I seek to live out Psalm 126, sowing seeds in tears, knowing that we'll laugh later when we see the harvest. But what are the best seats to sow in hearts who have been neglected and often abused, hearts prone to walk the path of those who've gone before them? For that matter, what do we sow in any young heart facing today's temptations and anxieties to show them that God's way is the path to flourishing? Listen to Jesus in Matthew 6.25. He says, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they in the sermon on the mount Jesus says God is your father and father was not the typical way to refer to God in this day but Jesus does it no less than 17 times in his most well-known sermon to draw people to the way of human flourishing Jesus holds forth God's fatherly heart he says we can address God as father anytime we pray trust in our father when we're anxious father 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 Jesus holds forth the fatherly heart of God as foster parents Jamie and I prioritize the beauty of Jesus heart and like Jesus we also seek to show the caring heart of the Father. See, we can crowbar right living and force the truth of God down, but that won't draw hearts because all people are naturally drawn to beauty far more than they are to truth. Think of how the serpent tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. Now, I'm not saying that truth or right teaching does not matter, quite the opposite, but we have to see God's beauty runs deeper than his truth Dane Ortland puts it well when he says, The whole reason we care about sound doctrine is for the sake of preserving God's beauty, just as the whole reason we care about effective focal lenses on a camera is to capture with precision the beauty we photograph. Kids will desire truth only insofar as it helps them to better know the God they've come to love. So if they find the heart of the Father irresistible, unforgettable, Then the magnetic pull will boom bring them back again and again to the one who sent his son to save. And they'll discover for themselves over and over that he doesn't want his valued ones to fret but to flourish in this life. And one little seed of the father's heart is all it takes to bring them back no matter how far they've strayed. You may remember Jesus' story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. There is a son who chooses worldly pleasures over his father. He basically says, you're dead to me father. Give me my inheritance, I'm out of here. And the son heads off and begins to live it up. And then a famine comes, and suddenly his life is literally a mess. He's working in pig slop, he's out of resources, anxious over what to eat, how we'll live. But he comes to his senses when he remembers his father's care for his servants. So he rehearses a confession. Luke 15:18, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Do you see this scene that captures our father's heart as he runs to take hold of his lost son? And arms around his son, he doesn't even let his son finish his confession, proving our father is never repelled. By any sin or shame we're carrying. Rather, his heart is always waiting, always ready to love, just waiting for us to make the move so he can joyfully embrace us and lift us up. A heart of compassion that understood the father's shame, and it prompted a response that destroyed all shreds of the lie that the son be demoted to a servant. It's hard to believe that such a happy ending could be true, but all it takes is the slightest sense of our father's heart to draw us back, discover that again and again i hope you're encouraged by the good news i encourage you to sow the seed of god's heart his loving heart in the heart of a child and let's pray that one day we'll see them in that glorious place where there will no longer be any parents because we'll all be forever children of our wonderful loving heavenly father let's pray heavenly father thank you for revealing another facet of your beautiful heart which shines like a diamond in the darkness of this world, drawing even the most fearful of us back into your loving embrace. Forgive us for making too little of your heart and for not keeping your goodness at the center of the gospel. Draw us and all our loved ones to you that we may experience anew your fatherly smile as we choose the flourishing life in Christ, in whose name we pray, Amen. Welcome to Happy and Whole in Him. I'm Pastor Joel. Let's spend five minutes with Jesus. J.I. Packer wrote that our adoption into God's family is the Christian's highest privilege. Today's question is this. Have you appropriated your adoption? Have you taken into the core of your being that you're a beloved child of the Father and today you're one day closer to being taken home? There's this touching scene outside the tomb where Jesus was buried in John 20. Mary stands outside weeping because it appears Jesus' body has been taken. She forgot his promise that he would rise from the dead on the third day. So it becomes comical when Jesus approaches and begins a conversation with her because she doesn't recognize his voice. She is confused, thinking he is the gardener. Until he says her name, Mary. And her eyes are opened. Mary is understandably overwhelmed and it seems she's about to grab a hold of Jesus because he says in verse 17, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Now we can imagine why Mary would instinctively embrace Jesus, but Jesus knows there's more to it. Having thought she had lost him forever, Mary's impulse is to grab Jesus like, I got you back and I'm never letting you go again. But Jesus corrects her by saying, no, Mary, I know you want me to stay, but I must go to my father in heaven. Mary, here's good news, though. I need you to share. Go to my brothers and tell them that I'm going to my father and your father. Notice two things. Jesus has never before called his disciples brothers. The resurrection has inaugurated a new relationship where Jesus is big brother to all who follow him. Secondly, Jesus has referred to God as his father many, many, many times. But now that Jesus has gone to the cross for our sins, Jesus can say, I'm going to my father and your father. The reality John promised at the beginning of this gospel is now confirmed. John 1.13, to as many as received Him, Jesus, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Jesus reveals that His death and resurrection makes all believers sons and daughters of His Father. This is a remarkable thing. By coming in our flesh. The only Son of God became all we are by nature, that we might become all He is by grace alone. That is why He must return to heaven, that the spirit of adoption might be poured into our hearts, giving us new status, as Paul will write in Galatians 4. So, I ask you, have you truly taken in what this means? Are you trusting Jesus' promise that He left to prepare a better place for you? Or... Are you living in distress, confused by life circumstances? Do you recognize the loving voice speaking to you today, calling you by your name? Jesus gives a gentle reminder to replace your orphan mindset with that of an adopted child. You are a full member of the family, sealed for the day of redemption, which means you can never, never be disowned. Are you patiently waiting in that hope?" I've learned much about appreciating my own adoption from former foster children. There's one story that still brings tears to my eyes. There was a young girl who spoke about the day she was adopted by her foster mother, a day she had been anticipating but didn't realize how much it would mean. The foster mother had gone to court while the girl was at school. After the adoption was official, the mother drove straight there and walked into her P.E. class. The little girl said, I was shocked to see her walk into the gym. The mother walked over and all she could get out was, you're mine. And the girl said she didn't understand, so her mother repeated, you're mine. And the girl said she still didn't get it until she said it that third time. At the moment she realized she was adopted. She began screaming and jumping up and down in front of all of her classmates, and she said with a smile she didn't care what anyone thought of her at that moment. The only thing that mattered was that she was now an adopted child. Do you live that way, rejoicing, not caring what anyone thinks because you so value your adoption? You should, because you are greatly loved. And you need to live with the knowledge that perhaps when you least expect it, our Father is going to show up and He's going to say, You're mine. You're mine. You are mine. And we will go home to be with Him forever. Remember who you are and who you belong to. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for the privilege of calling you Father. Forgive us for so often living with an orphan mindset when you have declared your supreme love for us in Christ, a sure testimony we can never be disowned. Help us to rest in that security today, and may we be bold to share the good news with other orphans that they too may rejoice in that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been in a broken relationship? Have you ever felt betrayed? Have you ever been unfriended? So was Jesus. He gets us all of us. Visit hegetsus.com. Happy Monday. I'm Pastor Joel and welcome to Happy and Whole in Him. Five minutes with Jesus, five days a week to reorient our lives. Jesus came to earth, died on the cross and was raised for many reasons. One of them was that you might know your creator as your loving father who delights in you. One of the greatest joys we receive is the privilege and comfort of knowing God as Father. J. I. Packer wrote, If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his Father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all you get up in the morning thinking to yourself that the father's smile rests on you that you're his beloved child and he delights and rejoices over you i've been told by many people it's easier to believe in the son and jesus love for them than it is to believe in the father's love for them it's easier to see the affection of our big brother than the affection of father god they look at jesus willingly giving up his life dying on the cross and his love for undeserving folks like us is crystal clear. But when we picture that scene at Calvary, the Father's role may seem unclear, especially as we see Jesus' anguish as the Father turns his face away. Sadly, I've heard that scene misunderstood. People have been taught that the Father loves us because the beloved Son went to the cross to pay for our sins. That is wrong. That is not the gospel. It is Because the Father loved us, that he sent his beloved Son to the cross to deal with our sins. Jesus didn't win over his Father, his reluctant Father, by his suffering and death. The Father so loved the world that he sent his Son to save us, so that he could make us his own and give us all the rights and privileges of being his children. Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You hear what Paul is saying? Paul is highlighting the amazing heights of the Father's love for us. He that spared not his own son. The emphasis is on the Father's involvement, the intensity of the Father's love. And think about it. The Father loved Jesus with a love that you and I cannot even begin to fathom. As they had looked upon each other face to face for all of eternity, never looking away from each other ever delighting, always loving until that one moment at Calvary when everything that made us ineligible for sonship, when all our sin and shame was laid upon the beloved Son and the Father turned His face away as He poured out the wrath and curse that we deserve upon His only begotten Beloved. Oswald Chambers writes, The cross is the point where God and sinful man merge with a crash and the way to life is opened But the crash is on the heart of God. The crash was on the Father's heart. And it was always His plan to open the way for you to be His. In the night before the cross, Jesus wanted you to take in how deep the Father's love is for you. He prayed a lengthy prayer to His Father that concludes with Him praying for those who will later believe in Him through hearing the gospel. That would be us. Jesus prays in John 17, 23, that those who belong to Him may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Jesus is praying this to his father. He is praying that we might know that the father loves us even as he has loved Jesus, his only begotten beloved. Let that sink in. Jesus prayed that we might take in that the father loves us like he loves Jesus. So, let me ask you. If you woke up this morning, taking in from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes that God the Father loved you like He loves the Son, like the Son He's loved with an everlasting love for all of eternity, if you knew you were that greatly loved, how would that impact your day? Well, it would change everything, right, about how you view the craziness of our world. You would be like the child in the back seat who is nervous as the car weaves through traffic, Until you hear a voice saying, Your father is at the wheel, and he is the best driver. He will get you safely home. You would then sit back and relax. Friends, hear the voice of Jesus, and preach the gospel to yourself every morning that you are a dearly loved child of the Father. Heaven is your home, and you are one day near. And Jesus, your brother, will continue to speak words of encouragement the whole way. Let us pray. Father, what manner of love is this, that we should be called your children, and such we are. Forgive us for not realizing that you have loved us with an everlasting love, having purposed us to be yours before time began. Help us now to walk in a worthy manner that folks may see us and know who we are and who we belong to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hi, this is Lonnie Walker from the San Antonio Spurs. Every year, dogs suffer and die when they're left in parked cars in warm days. Heat strokes can occur quickly, even with the windows partially rolled down. On a 78-degree day, temperatures in a parked car can rapidly increase to 100 degrees. If you see a dog alone in a hot car, take down the car's information and call the authorities. You can save a life. For more ways to help animals, visit PETA.org. happy monday i'm pastor joel and welcome to happy and whole in him five minutes with jesus five days a week to reorient our lives jesus came to earth died on the cross and was raised for many reasons one of them was that you might know your creator as your loving father who delights in you one of the greatest joys we receive is the privilege and comfort of knowing god as father jay packer wrote, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his Father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Do you get up in the morning thinking to yourself that the Father's smile rests on you, that you're his beloved child and he delights and rejoices over you. I've been told by many people it's easier to believe in the Son and Jesus' love for them than it is to believe in the Father's love for them. It's easier to see the affection of our big brother than the affection of Father God. They look at Jesus willingly giving up his life, dying on the cross, and his love for undeserving folks like us is crystal clear. But when we picture that scene at Calvary, the Father's role may seem unclear, especially as we see Jesus' anguish as the Father turns his face away. Sadly, I've heard that scene misunderstood. People have been taught that the Father loves us because the beloved Son went to the cross to pay for our sins. That is wrong. That is not the gospel. It is because the Father loved us that he sent his beloved Son to the cross to deal with our sins. Jesus didn't win over his Father, his reluctant Father, by his suffering and death. The Father so loved the world that he sent his Son to save us, so that he could make us his own and give us all the rights and privileges of being his children. Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You hear what Paul is saying? Paul is highlighting the amazing heights of the Father's love for us. He that spared not His own Son. The emphasis is on the Father's involvement, the intensity of the Father's love. And think about it. The Father loved Jesus with a love that you and I cannot even begin to fathom as they had looked upon each other face to face for all of eternity, never looking away from each other, ever delighting, always loving, until that one moment at Calvary when everything that made us ineligible for sonship, when all our sin and shame was laid upon the beloved son and the father turned his face away as he poured out the wrath and curse that we deserve upon his only begotten beloved. Oswald Chambers writes, the cross is the point where God and sinful man merge with a crash and the way to life is opened, but the crash is on the heart of God. The crash was on the Father's heart, and it was always His plan to open the way for you to be His. In the night before the cross, Jesus wanted you to take in how deep the Father's love is for you. He prayed a lengthy prayer to His Father that concludes with Him praying for those who will later believe in Him through hearing the gospel. That would be us. Jesus prays in John seventeen twenty three that those who belong to Him may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Jesus is praying this to his father. He is praying that we might know that the father loves us, even as he has loved Jesus, his only begotten beloved. Let that sink in. Jesus prayed that we might take in that the father loves us like he loves Jesus. So let me ask you, if you woke up this morning taking in from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes that God the Father loved you like He loves the Son, like the Son He's loved with an everlasting love for all of eternity. If you knew you were that greatly loved, how would that impact your day? Well, it would change everything, right? About how you view the craziness of our world. You would be like the child in the back seat who is nervous as the car weaves through traffic until you hear a voice saying, Your father is at the wheel, and he is the best driver. He will get you safely home. You would then sit back and relax. Friends, hear the voice of Jesus, and preach the gospel to yourself every morning that you are a dearly loved child of the Father. Heaven is your home, and you are one day near, and Jesus, your brother, will continue to speak words of encouragement the whole way. Let us pray. Father, what manner of love is this that we should be called your children, and such we are? Forgive us for not realizing that you have loved us with an everlasting love, having purposed us to be yours before time began. Help us now to walk in a worthy manner that folks may see us and know who we are and who we belong to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. News Source One, Missiana, Elkhart, South Bend.